Welcome to the Love is the Verb podcast, a place where we talk all things self-love in order to show up authentically and let our lights shine. I'm your host, Carlin Ben, and I invite you to sit back, relax, and allow your soul to be nourished. All of this talk about self-love, but what is it? Well, you're in luck because that's exactly what we'll be talking about today. What self-love actually is and what I have found to be its five core pillars. But in order to do this, we have to take it back, like way back, (laughs) and look at the definition of love. And I know we can go several ways with this one, but I'm actually going to use two definitions to lay the foundation because it's very important to understand what the definition of love is first in order for you then to be able to apply it towards yourself. All right, so the first definition of love comes from Marion Webster, and it is a strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties, warm attachment, enthusiasm, or devotion, and the object of attachment, devotion, or admiration. And the second definition I chose to use is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5. And that reads, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, It keeps no record of wrongs. And before I go on, there is something that I have to mention because it kind of hemmed me up a little bit the more I grew in my understanding of what self-love is. And that is that piece of that definition, well, that scripture that reads it's not self-seeking. And for a long time, I was stuck on that because I was like, okay, it's, it's that selfishness piece. We're taught that being selfish is a bad thing. And it wasn't until I spent more time with under, the understanding of what self-love is really about that I was able to see that hands down without question, <laughs> you have to be selfish at times in order to maintain your sanity. And we'll spend more time talking about that at a later time. But I just, I really wanted to mention that because that was something that kind of kept me, kept me a little stuck when I was first spending time with, with that, that particular scripture. But nonetheless, let's go ahead and break it down. And I want to ask you a question, some questions. Are you patient with yourself? Do you constantly look at everything you do wrong instead of acknowledging the many things you do right? Do you become easily angry and frustrated with yourself? Are you the object of your affection? And lastly, are you devoted to you? Gives you something to think about, huh? All right, well, keeping all of those, all of those pieces in mind and those two definitions, I want to go ahead and move on to actually clarifying what self-love is. And I have a couple more definitions for that along with just some examples 
of what that looks like. And the first definition is uh, that it comes from Merriam-Webster as well. And it is an appreciation of one's own worth or or virtue and proper regard for and attention to one's own happiness or well-being. And then my definition is self-love is accepting who you are, making yourself a priority and treating yourself with kindness. It is birthed through intentionally nurturing your mind, body, and soul, therefore wholly and authentically presenting yourself to the world. Yes. All right. So self-love is trusting yourself to make the best decision for you. It's embracing everything that makes you who you are, regardless of whether anyone else likes it or not. It's giving yourself room to feel your feelings and not shy away from the uncomfortable ones. And self-love is also sometimes making a decision that you later regret, yet showing yourself grace. It is having a rough day and giving yourself permission to take some time for self-care and it's not allowing your past to define you. So see, self-love is more than just a catchy phrase or something to say that sounds good. It's really something that you have to possess, but deeper than that, it's a way of being. It has to become a part of you in order for you to truly reap its benefits. And so on my journey, I found that there were five core components that actually lay the foundation for being able to cultivate self-love. And they are self-compassion, vulnerability, boundaries, assertive communication, and radical acceptance. And I know that sounds like a lot, but I will be breaking it down. Unfortunately, all of it can't fit in this episode, so you have to come back. I wish you could see me. I'm like winking, which is, yeah. Okay. Um, But let's go ahead and dive into this first pillar, which is self-compassion. And this one is first for a reason. The rest of them, there's no necessary order. However, self-compassion will always, always, always be the most important piece of practicing self-love. Early on my journey, I stumbled across Kristen Neff and her book titled Self-Compassion, The Proven Power of Being Kind to Yourself. And this was part of one of those life-changing moments because up until this point, I hadn't really heard about self-compassion. We had been, self-esteem had been drilled in our minds, you know, all in school, elementary, middle school. You hear about self-esteem, but nobody had really shared or talked about self-compassion much. Well, she's done a lot of research in this area, and she defines self-compassion as being kind and understanding to oneself in times of suffering, failure, or when we feel inadequate rather than being harshly self-critical. It helps us to feel connected to others rather than separated and picks up where self-esteem leaves off. All right. And some of the benefits to practicing self-compassion is more resilience, experiencing less incidences of depression, anxiety, and other mental illnesses, possessing more empathy and forgiveness, more confidence, and less negative self-talk. So hearing that, I'm sure you can see why it is the number one pillar on your way to self-love. Because think about it. If you are always your worst critic, if you rarely 
give yourself grace, if you've convinced yourself that hating pieces of you is the way to change them, how do you ever win? And I'm not talking about those external wins that are comprised of promotions and possessions. I'm talking about those internal ones that keep you up at night. Now, an objection that I have received to this before I go any further is, well, being hard on myself helps me get things done and it helps me to not settle and stops me from being lazy. And while I won't disagree with that, because for some people, this may be true. That may be the way that they motivate themselves and they're able to accomplish the goals that they set out for themselves. But also those same people, parts of them, parts of that attitude may lead to dealing with anxiety, perfectionism, depression, people pleasing, constant comparison, loss of self, and I could keep going. But I think you get my point. One of the basic human needs is that of love and belonging. And while this is often referenced to in regards to receiving it from others, I am a firm believer that you must receive it from yourself first. Okay, so now that we have a general understanding of what self-compassion is and why it's so important, I want to go a little bit deeper with breaking down the three components that make up self-compassion. And they are self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. And spending a little bit of time with each one, the first one, self-kindness, is exactly what it sounds like. It's when you're hurting, finding ways to nurture your wound versus pouring salt in it. And we typically do this by saying positive things to ourselves instead of so many negative ones that tear us down. And that negative self-talk It can become so loud. I literally have had clients tell me that they talk negatively to themselves so often that they don't even realize that they're doing it. And so the practice of self-kindness can be difficult at first because they have a hard time even realizing it. The second one is common humanity, and that is providing a sense of connectedness with others versus comparison. And This goes without saying, really, that in our world today, comparing ourselves to others has almost become a part of daily life with social media. And it becomes so easy to forget that failing at something is perfectly normal. But common humanity allows you to realize that you're not alone and that there are other people out there experiencing very similar things that you are. And the last piece is mindfulness. And this is being present in the moment. And I found for myself especially that the practice of mindfulness was very difficult at first because a few things would be happening. One would be I would become so preoccupied with fixing everything that I was unable, excuse me, I was unable to acknowledge my emotions in the moment. Another thing could be we have become so numb to our emotions and negative self-talk that we're we're not aware, therefore we're not able to practice self-compassion. Or maybe we're just jumping so far ahead in the future, leaving the present moment 
and starting to predict things that haven't even happened or living so far in the past that we've left the present and we're not able to to acknowledge our emotions and things that we're feeling at that time. And so I wanted to give you a couple of examples applying these three components and what that looks like as a practice when, as you start your self-compassion journey. All right. And so that first, the first example, I have two, one is hypothetical and one is a real one. So I will start with the hypothetical example. And that is, say you started a new job and you're very excited. It's your first couple of weeks and you're making a lot of mistakes you're feeling overwhelmed and there's so much to learn and you get a response, you get a reply email from your supervisor and they're like, we really need to schedule a meeting. I'm not so sure that you're catching on to everything. I'm a little concerned. And we immediately go there. The spiral begins and oh my goodness, I'm going to lose my job. They're going to fire me. They're going to think I'm a fraud. I don't, I don't know what to do. And you just, you just keep going. The practice of self-compassion in that moment, looking at the three areas of self-kindness, mindfulness, and common humanity, you could say to yourself, you know what? Okay. A lot of people have a hard time when they start a new job. That's the common humanity. Okay. I know I'm frustrated right now. Mindfulness but I just have to be patient with myself and I'll get it. That's self-kindness. Okay, so you see what I did there? I took, I applied the three areas to the conversation that I would have with myself in my mind. And just to go back over that with you, struggling when learning something new happens to people everywhere. I'm frustrated right now, but I just have to be patient with myself and I'll get it. Doesn't that feel better than, Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job. I'm, I don't know how to do anything. I'm so slow. I don't catch on to stuff fast. Very different responses that you will get. Okay, that's the first example. Second one is one that I experienced on a regular basis. And I'm going to give you the past version of me and the present version of how I would respond. So back in the day, I would be getting ready to go out with my girls or be headed to somebody's club or doing something and I would get dressed at home. I would be completely feeling myself, music going, putting on my little outfit, my makeup is right, my hair is laid. I look in the mirror and I'm extremely pleased with my appearance. And then I make it to wherever it is that I'm going. And almost immediately I start comparing myself. I'm looking at the girl on my left and whoo, look at her dress. And then somebody across the room, her hair looks really nice. And oh, wow, her shoes. And oh my goodness. Okay. Her body. All right. I really, I don't need to have a single drink tonight. I don't need to eat nothing. And it just continued. It went on and on and on and on and on. Whereas now present day with my ability to practice self-compassion, Your girl can get dressed and get ready and fully appreciate how she looks. Make it to wherever it is that I am going. Acknowledge another lady in her beauty and at the same time still be able to acknowledge mine. It doesn't have to be comparing. Both 
both of us can coexist in our beauty. All right. So I wanted to share those examples because the practice, the practice of self-compassion shows up in so many different ways on a daily basis. It's just a matter of you being aware of them. And so that is my challenge to you. Spend some time and sit and find that area or areas where you could stand to practice a little bit more self-compassion. And let me know. All right. Until next time love and hugs. As always, sending you an abundance of love, hugs, compassion, and courage. And if you're not already, be sure to follow Love is the Verb on all social platforms or visit me at loveistheverb.com.